Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Minutes with Mute presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. So happy to have you on board. Should be an exciting week. BC football is off and running. A tough loss to Rutgers, 22-21 to on Saturday. BC was up at one point, uh, two scores in the second half, and uh, Rutgers came right back to the end to clip them, 22-21. to Before we get to all that, and of course we're joined by Scott Mutrin, former BC QB, now a Learfield sideline reporter for the BC Radio Network. Let's just remind you, if you're a BC football fan, you got to join the BC Football Gridiron Club. Uh, tailgates before the game, home and away, special emails, everything. If you're a big BC Boston College football fan, you got to join the BC Football Gridiron Club. That's bcfootballgridiron.com to sign up and get more details. Okay, with that now, we welcome in Scott Mutrin. Scott, uh, right off the bat, a, a tough one for Boston College as they lose to Rutgers. Yeah, to say the least, especially, uh, especially something that you felt that BC was just kind of a play here or there away from just breaking it open and, and really kind of taking control of the game. And, and to be that close to doing that and, and to lose that game definitely leaves a, bit, leaves a bitter taste in your mouth. Okay, you're a former QB yourself. I always like to get your perspective before we delve too in too much into this game. But uh, Phil Dracovic, your thought, 23 of 41, 283 yards, three TTs, two picks. Uh, I'd like to get your perspective from the QB side of it. Yeah, I think the, those numbers kind of explain a lot of how, how Phil played. There were some moments of great, and there were some moments of not so good. Um, I think you have to give a lot of credit to Greg Schiano and his defensive staff. They did a really good job of um, mixing coverages up on, on Phil, uh, not just playing one specific type. I think their, their game plan on both sides of the football was very in-depth. Um, they threw a lot out uh, defensively, as we're talking about that now, but they, they threw a lot out defensively, whether it was dropping eight, whether it was bringing pressure, whether it was blitzing on first and second down to neutralize some of the early running tendencies that, that BC had. And that, I thought they did a really good job of kind of putting BC on their heels um, into what they wanted to do offensively. That being said, they did give BC some opportunities to hit some big plays, as evidenced by the uh, the three touchdown passes. The two to, to Zay Flowers um, were dynamic plays that they were able to block it up and, and get the ball down the field. And then, you know, they got a lot of hits on Phil. Phil took a lot of shots, and uh, and often the line had moments where they looked, looked looked very good and did some good jobs, and then some moments I'm sure they'd like to have back. Uh, but, you know, not unlike any typical first game. It's the first time you're seeing a lot of live bullets, and, um, you know, with a new offensive scheme, there's definitely some stuff to work on. And that's a good question. Uh, my next question, great segue, PC offensive line. Get, it's getting a lot of heat early on. Are the fans and the media, are we overreacting with them? But, you know, as you mentioned, it, it was obvious. There was it was no protection at all. Uh, what's your take on the Boston College offensive line? Yeah, I think it's tough. Um, it's tough to grade them just by what you see during the game, right? So what may look 
like a breakdown in protection may be a, a result of a play call and a coverage. Like if you're calling a quick pass and the quarterback steps away and the first guy's covered and the second guy's covered, well, the offensive line's blocking on kind of knowing it's a quick pass. So there's different mindset for certain things like that. They're not expecting the quarterback to be holding on to the football. So all those things kind of factor in to, to it. And I think at some points in time that was good. I think at some points in time, um, you know, there was some confusion uh, based on, you know, what Rutgers was trying to do defensively. Um, but I think more concerning is their ability to run the football and, or lack thereof. I mean, BC, I think, averaged 1.7 yards per, per rush, and that's just not going to be an effective uh, balance for them this year. And I think they'll, they'll figure it out. They just, you know, they're a young, guy, a young team that they have some talent up front. They just need the game experience and to see the speed of the game, and I feel like that they're going to make the adjustments needed. Okay, other side of the ball, BC's defense. I thought they played pretty well, Scott, but, uh, you know, let's fast forward to that fourth quarter. What happened there, those two back-to-back touchdowns? It just seemed like uh, Rutgers sliced them, like their knife through butter there uh, down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com. Yeah, I mean, if you if you take the game and end it before that last drive, and I know it's really hindsight is a terrible thing to do in this situation. BC did a great job. They were, you know, they held Rutgers to one for nine on third down going into that last drive. May have been a little fatigued, but I mean, to have a 96-yard drive where Rutgers didn't complete a pass tells you that you think the defense is worn out a little bit. There are a lot of third and ones. I think there were three or four third and one conversions there that um, they'd like to have back. Um, I think you know, maybe they were a little worn down, but you know, Rutgers did not have much of a passing threat that entire game. They did run the football, and that does take a lot out of the defense, no matter how many guys you play. I think it's it was a point of emphasis um, this year for Coach Happley and 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 Coach Semlekabu on the uh, defensive side. And I think Rutgers averaged a little over five point six yards per carry, if memory serves me correct. And um, I, I think that's probably a little disheartening thing, considering all the time and, and effort that they put onto that. Um, you know, great job in the secondary. It's just they need to be able to uh, to stop the run to allow that great pass coverage and and defense and defensive line and scheme to get pressure on the quarterback. I, I did I did was encouraged to see um, some pressure by a front four and not just by having to blitz. So that was encouraging, and I thought the secondary played well. I just think that uh, the, they need to get better at stopping the run, or people are going to continue to attack them there. Uh, you talked to head coach Chef Halfley after the game and just in the interviewing in your, I know, brief interaction, but what was your take? Give us our listeners behind the scenes. What was his general attitude like? Was he positive or was he really down? And uh, just in that, those immediate minutes, I know, after the game. Um, you know, you try to have some empathy towards the, the magnitude of the moment. Having been in the locker room after big wins and tough losses, you have to have some empathy for what people are going through in that. So for me, I could see his frustration that he felt that that was a game that they should have won and made too many mistakes in crucial times to, to really justify it. I could see some frustration there. But I think it was encouraging from the aspect that he's like, 
we were in position to do some things that we just didn't do them. Um, not, it wasn't based on what they didn't have. It was just their ability to execute. And I think that that is something that um, you should take take heart to is that I think he feels that they have the right guys there. They just need to kind of be in the best position, uh, put them in a better position to be successful and go from there. Okay, and just put a bow tie on Rutgers, big pitcher. You know, it's a Big Ten out-of-conference game, so it's not a conference game. Uh, but if you're a BC fan, what, what do you kind of – maybe one or two things to walk away, your thoughts from this uh, BC-Rutgers game? Well, first of all, all is not lost. One game does not make a season. It is – I've seen um, plenty of teams that start really well in the first week and look like gangbusters that end up going 2-10. and 10. And then you see teams that look terrible in week one end up going 10 and 2. So I think the one thing that you really need to focus on is not let one week identify a team as a whole. I think there's a lot that they need to work on. I think there's things they're going to improve on. Um, I, I did th- see some good things out there. Um, and I think that there's stuff to build on and that I would not get very despondent based on everything else. Um, I, I do think that you have some dynamic playmakers on offense. Um, I think they're going to try to find out what their identity is going to be in, in the next couple weeks, and I think uh, they're going to get better at uh, stopping the run and continue to build on their third-down success. Okay, next Saturday, Scott, Boston College goes to tough spot. You know about it from your Big East days, Blacksburg, Virginia. Uh, Saturday night, 8 o'clock game. This is one of those 50-50 games. Uh, Virginia Tech lost 20-17 to uh, to Old Dominion. Uh, so, you know, that's a tough loss for them. They're coming off a tough loss as well. I uh, guess your general take on the, how the importance of this game Saturday night in Blacksburg. Well, this is a must-win for both teams, let's be honest. They're both coming off tough losses where they were favored to win, and um, both teams are going to probably come back with some significant resolve in this game. It's a night game, and, and home it's going to be an electric uh, atmosphere, I would think, you know, with Virginia Tech, when you get the Ender Sandman thing, hopefully they still have that kind of vibe going. DC hasn't been there since 2018, so they haven't really felt that wow. um, electricity. Uh, so I, I'm going to be interested to see how, how they handle that, especially some of the younger guys, and how they bounce back. And how does Virginia Tech bounce back from, from their tough loss to mean? So I think you got a, there's a lot on the line for both teams, and I, I think this could be a good sign as to what adjustments were made and what improvements have been uh, made and corrected and then see where this, this team's going to start trending going forward. What do you remember going back to your days uh, playing in Blacksburg? How many times were you down there from your playing days? Oh, man. We were down there a bunch. Um, I think we were down there in 90. I know for 95 we were down there, and I believe 97. And 95 was a Thursday night game we won. That was a great game. Uh, it was after a tough loss to Ohio State. and It was a Thursday night game. It was after a tough loss to Ohio State in the kickoff classic. Uh, we played pretty well that game, and then I think we lost in 97. But the fans are tough, man. They're, they're passionate. They're, they, got good, uh, they got good chirp game, as I like to say. They're not afraid to get into, into the mix. I actually heard one of my favorite chirps of all time. I'll keep it to myself there. But uh, they have some very energetic, active fans that like to get involved in the game. Oh, you can't leave us hanging. Can you give us a clean version of the chirp you heard? <laughs> Basically, I was warming up before the game, and in not so many words, the person that was catching the ball for me was told by someone in the band that the JV game was, was tomorrow. <laughs> okay. And I said, wow, that's, that's really mean. 
Yeah, you know, it's a it's a wild spot. Always blacks are got you know. For me, I remember being down there in two thousand. Um, what was it? Seven. Matt Ryan, the comeback game. Uh, that was a Thursday yeah. night as well. Uh, you know, that was a raining day. Just a just an unreal atmosphere in Blacksburg. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And then you know, what do you think from a BC perspective? What do you think the game plan will be on offense? Uh, do you think they're going to go keep trying to air it out here, or more stick to the run game? I think they're going to try to figure out what, what works best for them based on the personnel they have. I, I think you saw uh, George Takas at tight end position transfer from Notre Dame. That was a nice addition. He had some nice catches, and you got some dynamic guys on the outside with Zay and Jaden Williams and uh, Jane Gill that can, can catch the football. Um, you know, they're obviously down some tight ends in the, in the room from there, so they got to see what, what, what type of offense they can run not uh, based on the personnel they have, and I think that's going to be important. Okay, Scott, we, this should be a good game, good trick. Let us know, what's your travel like? Uh, are you going to go before the day before, Friday? Yeah, we'll go out there on Friday. Uh, you know, the tough part is these late games are tough, so you're sitting around all day figuring yeah. out what to do. Um, Meter does love the press box at Virginia Tech because I believe they give a lot of treats there. There's a lot of snacks and candy there, so he'll be very happy <laughs> uh, with that. But, uh, you know, we'll be uh, – in the Blacksburg probably later on Friday. Hopefully the weather's nice, and then hopefully you have a nice day flight in and out of there. I got to find some places I want to head to based on where we're at, and uh, you know just uh, find some time to kill during the Saturday afternoon. Yeah, that's good. That you're flying. It's a you could you could theoretically drive it, but it's a, it's just a tough place to reach in Western Virginia, Southwestern Virginia. Well, you're landing in between I think two of the mountains, and I think we landed Roanoke. And it's, there's yeah. always an adventurous landing, actually. It's not an easy place to fly into, so um, hopefully that goes well. Well, hopefully... I, I cannot watch the We, we Are Marshall uh, movie, though, because that'll freak me out. Uh, <laughs> like the whole thing that happened with that, and then you're flying to a tough spot in Roanoke. You don't want to be worrying about that going into the game. Yeah, same general area. Well, Scott, yeah. we thank you so much. Oh, I got to get... What's your tailgate? What's your food option before the game? What, how are you going to um, play it? I got to see what we're going to do before. Like, there may be something around the area. The last time we uh, we went out there, we kind of kept it local to the stadium. And they actually, Press Box has a ton of good food there. So I did a big Press Box thing, and they had a nice uh, barbecue layout last time. So we'll see. With an 8 o'clock game, we might be, we may get some good, uh, you know, may get a little pregame snack and then have some burgers and dogs at halftime. That's what they did last time. So if they do that, I'll be a happy guy. There you go. So hopefully a good flight down there and hopefully a good fly back with the Eagles who's soaring hopefully to 1-1 one one after a big W in Blacksburg. Scott, thank you so much for joining us. I uh, appreciate it, Mike. Thanks for having me. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's chestnuthilltechnologies.com.